0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: All right, so we're running through these seven. Uh, this has kind of been the thing all fall, and we're taking it one through seven. We're in five, uh, but we know one, God's always at work. We know that. Even when we don't see it, He's working. He's all about relationships with us. He doesn't care about religion. I mean, have y'all figured that out yet? God is not into that stuff. I mean, He's not. It's a good thing. It's beautiful. It's sweet. It's cute and all that stuff. But He is all about relationship. That's, that's how God works. That's what He's about. He's about your name, His name. That's what He's about. He's about whispering to you, speaking to you, walking with you, holding your hands, hugging you. I Man, He's all about that. He, he's, the, he's the father, the Abba father. He's all about relationship. Out of that relationship invitation, he wants you to join his work. He's doing a new thing. He's doing stuff. He's always working. But, but the way he set it up, as crazy as it seems, he wants us to do it. His power through us, accomplishing his will. That's, <laughs> woo, he's brave. But that's how he set it up. I mean, and, it, and there's not a plan B, there's A, and that's it all right? That's the way. That's how he wants to advance the church. That's what he wants the church about. That's his business. That's what he called us to do. We ought to just jump in. Quit fighting it, all right? Uh, number four, he, he speaks. Our father speaks. You speak to your kids. He speaks to us. That's, that's what he does. He didn't just speak and now doesn't. He, he, he spoke and he continues to speak. That's what he does, and, we, and there's, it's not a matter of whether we believe that. It, it, it's happening whether we believe it or not. The deal is we miss out if we don't get in on it. So if you're not saying, God, speak to me, you're missing out. You say, well, that's kind of scary. No, it's scary not to say it, honestly. God speak to me every day. We talked about it yesterday at breakfast with the guys beautiful time by the way about 60 65 men for breakfast but as the sun came up many of them said you know what sunrise is now pastor i said i have i have an idea and i said what is it?" He said, invitation to meet with god that's That's it. it i mean we talked about that weeks ago the sunrises and sunsets are gorgeous we don't know how many we get the sunrise is an invitation to meet with god just flat out it is And so from that, we got a crisis of belief. When he speaks, it will lead to a crisis of belief. That's where we are. We talked about it last week. We're going to kind of put a little bit uh, more on that this week and a little bit of skin on it. But it's got to be twofold, uh, and and that's what I want to talk about today. So God's invitation for me to work with him always leads me to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Can't have one without the other. Just can't faith is always got to be accompanied with action anywhere in scripture that you see men or women men or women called to faith or step out in faith there's always action that follows faith we talked about in james without it it's dead it's just dead when god asks me to do something i can't do i face a crisis of belief that's the truth all right right I have to decide at that moment what I really believe about God because my next step after that it says what God is to me and who he is. He said, well not always. No, always. Hesitation is is not a book in the Bible. Just not. Okay? So when you hesitate there is a there's a, there's a, there, there is an amount of di- doubt of, about God and whether he can do what he says he can do. I, you say, well, I, be- I believe he can. Well, your belief that he can will be, be echoed or be exemplified. The action of that will be your step yeah. without thinking. Because yeah. if you think about it, what you're thinking about is, God, I would, I'm thinking about it. No, what you're really saying is, God, if you'll make that step, I'll step. That's what you're saying when you say, I, I'm thinking about it. No, 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 no. Not to the side. It is to the side. You'll never let your kid get away with the fact that you tell him to do something and say, sorry, I'm, pardon me, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm about to think for you, all right? That's, you, you never let them get away with that. What they're saying is, from your side is, that's just disobedience. You're not obeying me. You're, you're bucking my authority. Yeah. That's right. Now, that's, I know I put that in a whole different light, and some of you are like, that's just not fair, but that's the truth. We, when we tell God we're not because we need to think about it, we're saying, uh, I know best. I'm going to play God here. You're going to play me, and, and I'm bucking buck your authority. God says faith is when I tell you to do something and speak to you, you step yes. before you ever see the step ever what i believe about god will be called upon just it will be my faith will be tested not if but when not if but when so let me ask you a question many of you probably know this answer you want the answer out loud what's your what's your credit credit score you know your credit score to like, I kind of know. Mine's a little over 800 so don't be stealing my identity, okay? <laughs> but, but today, that's a question that's asked a lot. Want to buy a house? Want to buy a car? You run a credit app? They send you all this goofy stuff. We ran your credit score. It's this. We ran it with this company. It's this. We ran it with this company. It's this. Basically, it's, it, a credit score is simply uh, a word about your credit, whether you, you can make the purchase you want to make. Whether you, you know, some people call it credit score. The real name is a a debit score. It's how you've handled debt, okay? So, So basically it's telling the lender you have enough money or enough credit to make the purchase that you're wanting to make. We now have books, and you've seen the commercials on TV, of companies who claim to say they can raise your credit score. Well, let me ask you a better question than your credit score. Do you know your faith score? Do you know your faith score? Do you have enough faith to do what God's asking you to do? Do you have enough faith to believe what God has said to you? Do you know your faith score? If we chased our face score like we chase our credit score, hmm, that'd be a different game. So what I want you to do is I want you to hear skin. I want you to hear my wife. I want you to hear her talk about something God said to her and what she had to do with it. All right. forget I have mine on.
2: <laughs> Good morning. Can you hear me? They got you. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so just to recap, because I know there's some new faces here from when this event took place, but in uh, August of 2016, um, Jeff and I uh, threw an annual a checkup. I found out that some cancer that I'd had in 2009 was back. And um, when we met with the oncologist shortly after that, we discovered that it wasn't only just back, but it was back with a vengeance. And it had grown into a very large tumor that had... Uh, grown big enough to attach itself to my pelvic bone, the right pelvis. And so when that happens, when a tumor attaches to a bone, you are not a candidate for surgery. They cannot try to separate the two. And what the oncologist went on to explain was that um, he would prescribe uh, chemotherapy and radiation. And then he let us know that what that would do, would it would kill the tumor, but eventually the tumor would wake back up. And as he's telling me these things, and my brain is processing all this information in such a short window of time, it began to set in as to what he was exactly saying. And so he paused for a minute, and I looked at him and I said, Okay, how long are we talking about? And he rattled off some more information, and then he said, I hope I can get you two years. I'm 43 at the time when he said that. And I'm like, what? What did you just say? No way. Um it was a punch in the gut and it literally took my breath away. And he left the room after that and Jeff and I were left there together. And Jeff got in front of me and he said, "God's got this. God's got this." We locked eyes and he said that over and over. And I began to repeat, "Yes, yes, God's got this. He trusts me with this. I trust him. He's got this." Did I believe that? Can't say I did at the time. So I was just, again, just it's like I'd been hit in the the head and just couldn't figure anything out. Um, The elders prayed over us after that. That was very encouraging, and I needed that. But when I left there, did I believe God had this? I can't say I did. And then on Thursday, September 1st, I was by myself at home, and I was getting ready for the day. I was looking in the mirror and just processing all that had happened so far that week, and as I'm doing that, fear began to swell up, and it took me, it took me, there, I couldn't push it back, I couldn't hold it off, and I remember texting Jeff, and I said, I need you home, I'm not doing well, I need you back home, and he came home, well, before he got there, though, I got it back up. Um, after I finished texting him, there was nothing I could do. The fear just took over, and it crippled me. It crumbled me to the ground, and I found myself on my knees in the bathroom floor, face down, crying out to God and just asking, why? Why this? Where did this come from? What What's going on? I, this is not what I had planned. This isn't what I expected, and I began to explain all the things that I had dreams about, I had dreams of growing old with Jeff together. I had dreams of watching my children get married. I had dreams of being a a grandmother and my grandchildren knowing me, not knowing about me. And all these things were real questions. And um, as I did that, I began to remember some conversations that the Lord and I had had. Things that I know he told me we would do. And we hadn't done them yet because it wasn't time. And I'm like, but you said we would do this and this, and we haven't done those things yet. And then just as soon as I said those, he began to repeat back to me. Remember, I said we are going to do this and that, and we haven't done those yet. And all that fear and all that anxiety began to to go back. And um, I was like, okay, you're right. We haven't done those things yet. And um, the, the fear and the anxiety began to calm. The crying began to calm. And I could hear the music that I had playing throughout the house. And the song that was on was called Mountain. And um, they were on the chorus. And they were singing, High on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valley, I will be dancing for joy. In every season, you are worthy. In every moment, you are wonderful. Now, I couldn't sing at the time because I was still a blubbering mess, but I began to speak that and repeat it with them, and I was just speaking it out loud. And then I began to raise my hands, and I began to praise as I said those words. That's where Jeff walked in. And he walks in the house. Music's playing throughout the house, and he doesn't know where I am, but he finds me on the bathroom floor. I looked horrible. Terrible, ugly cry, ugly. Hands in the air, though, and he doesn't know what to make of it. She looks awful, but she's got her hands in the air. She's praising. He helps me up, and I said, It's okay. I'm okay now. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I had no idea how the father was going to work this out, but I knew he was going to work it out. Mm -hmm. Um, When Jeff helped me up from the floor, though, What that was scripture in action. The God of hope took away my fear and anxiety in that moment. He filled me with joy and peace so that I could overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's Romans 15 13. Mm -hmm. That moment set the tone for the rest of the journey. And as we um, prayed through together and how we were going to tell the church body and and what our goals were for it all. We had two goals. We wanted our faith to grow. And we wanted our church family's faith to grow. Mm-hmm. We had we wanted God to become bigger in the eyes of all that of those who were watching us navigate the crisis. Mm-hmm. And he did that. Mm-hmm. And there were people that came a year, two years later. I remember a young woman came up to me and she said, Melissa, this was like, A year later, said, Melissa, I didn't used to believe he could do miracles, but now I know he can. Mm -hmm. Um, That was all on September 1st, and on the following Monday, I knew something had changed. I had been praying every night, God, remove this tumor from my body. God, remove this tumor from my body. And on Monday night, something changed, and I didn't know what it was. I was hoping that he healed me, but it I I mean, I was just hoping. And so um, through a series of appointments and other uh, uh, exams and different things, we found out the tumor had been separated from the bone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was amazing. Now, I still had to go through the fire. I still had to receive chemotherapy, and I still had to receive uh, radiation. Nothing can prepare you for that. It was ugly, it was painful, um, there were times I wanted to quit, I was done, I, I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't go another step, and um, so throughout that, there were other crises of belief. I handled a big one on September 1st, but it wasn't the end, there were going to be others where my faith was tested again, did I trust him, did I trust him? There was one time where I just totally felt abandoned. I was like, where are you? You did this miracle. You could take this pain away that I'm experiencing right now that the meds are not handling. Um, You know, all the little uh, remedies are not helping at all. You could help me, and you're not helping. Where are you? And I just felt so alone and so abandoned. And it was through time that he started to show me Uh, Because I asked him one day, I was like, where were you that day? I called out to you, and I couldn't hear you. I couldn't find you. Where were you? And he began to show me a picture of how he was always there all the time, and he was behind me. And Scripture tells us that he's behind us as well. Mm -hmm. And he showed me how he um, just covered me and wrapped me in goodness, kindness, and grace. And it was all wrapped in love. And so now... I can tell you from this point forward, from that point forward, I'll never believe the lie that he's abandoned me because mm-hmm. he's shown me where he was all the time. He's mm-hmm. always there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But there were other crises of belief and there were times where all I could do was just say, you are trustworthy and I trust you. You are trustworthy, and I trust you. And I would repeat it over and over and over until it penetrated, until it became real, until it penetrated my mind and my heart and my soul. Um, and that, sometimes that was on the bathroom floor when you're just sick as a dog, and you just say it over and over and over. And it's not singing, but it's worship. And worship recalibrates. Worship gives you the right perspective. It reminds you of who you are and whose you are and, and to remember that he is trustworthy and that you can trust him.
1: Mm. Amen. 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 Thank you. That's good stuff. Thank you, babe. So we have a person. I talked about credit scores. Um. We know our credit scores, and, and we do a lot to kind of get that credit score up. But do you know your faith score? Do you have enough faith that what was spoken to Melissa, what, what God said to her, what God promised to her, uh, she had faith believing that that was going to come, that, that but what God said to her was going to come. So today we have a person and the book. We have the person and the book that can raise your faith score. We do. We don't, we don't run to that enough because we think we can do it on our own. We think we can handle it. But I'm telling you, we have the person and the book that can raise your credit score. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verse 1. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was With God in the beginning. We have the person and the word. Okay? The person and the word. Look at 14. John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The word is Jesus. We know the person and the word that can raise your credit score. We know the person in the Word. Romans 10, 17 says this, so then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So if we want to raise our faith score because we know that eventually, if not that day, our faith will be asked of us. Our faith will be demanded. Our faith will be called upon. Okay? Be ready in and out of season. Amen? So, so, if you want that faith score to increase, in order to do that, you better meet with the person and the book that has the ability to raise your faith score. Not after the phone call, before it. I've seen too many believers play catch-up to the phone call. No.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Open book, every day, sunrise invitation. Open book, every day, sunrise invitation. If you will do that, when that is asked of you, you will have water in the well to draw your pail from. Otherwise, it's going to come up dusty can't catch it and sometimes we get gut punched and we don't know what to do and we're speechless and you have to you have to reset as Melissa said you have to reset it by speaking back what he promised over you what he promised to his children what he said listen to me every time your kids have a bad day or a bad dream what do you always say mommy and daddy will always be there some people need to hear that from the father You're going to feel abandoned. Feel, but don't trust that feeling. Reality is you're not abandoned. Your reality is you're not abandoned. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Fear comes from what we do not know. Y'all know that? That's where fear comes from. The unknown and what we do not know scares us. When your fear is greater than your faith, run to the Father, run to the Word. That's what my wife did. Fear will overtake you. The giants of faith, fear can overtake them. It doesn't matter. But what the characteristic of people that win in that season is they run to the Father and to the Word. Because when you run to the Father, the person, and to the Word, then that's the source of having your face swell up in you and the words swell up in you that chases out all the fear. And the fear runs because the fear is a runner, it's a chicken, it's a punk. It, it needs to run because the presence of Jesus is not the place where fear need to come. The presence of Jesus will make fear run. You will not. You will not. But the presence of, of Jesus in and through you will make the fear run. Okay? Run to the Father run to the word. Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Everybody in here, I promise you, wants to please God. Everybody does because God's been so good to us. God is good. He's trustworthy. You you, you want to please God. Well, how does scripture tell you that you will please God? By faith. By faith. You say, what didn't come in the church? Come in the church, good. But he doesn't have a scripture that says come in the church is how you please God. Okay? But he does have one that says, with faith, exercise in action, you please me. With faith, exercise in action, you please me. Because when you say that with your action, you say that about who he is. That's how it works. When my faith is in action, it proves who I say God is. It magnifies God to a world that needs to see a big God. James 2.22, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and by his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith and his actions were working together. And when was it made complete? When they were working together. That's right. When they were working together. When you work your faith and action together, then your faith becomes complete. What he is saying is it becomes complete. It becomes bigger. Each step of faith makes the next step easier. makes it next step doable because your God came through. And now you have a testimony of how God came through for you. And the next time he asks you to do something bigger than you and where it takes faith, you'll step. Why? Because he's trustworthy. Because he's trustworthy. And And like Melissa said, hey. Just because you're in the word and you know the person and you step out in faith and you're walking in it and he's coming through for you, the fire is still out there. Still. Still there. Still going to be hard. Still going to be seasons. Still going to be struggles. There were ugly, ugly moments for both of us. Ugly, ugly moments. She had good moments, fortunately, when I had ugly moment. And I had good moment when she had ugly moment. Okay? She didn't see all my ugly moments because three hours on Tuesdays in chemo, uh, was some of my ugly moments. Me and Metta Park. Me and the geese. The geese are like, "Oh Lord, that dude." Mm. <laughs> That's okay. Geese don't talk. Amen. All right? But but that was some of my moments because I couldn't sit at Harrington for three hours. My wife taking chemo. It's too hard in there. It's too hard. So I walk. I walk Metta Park. And I, I listen to God. I hear God speak His promises echoing back over me. You're going to grow old with your wife. You're going to grow old with your wife. You're going to grow old with your wife. Your wife's going to run with your grandkids. All right? She's a long way from running right now, Lord. I know where she is. I got her. I got her, and I got you. Constantly set it over me. Constantly set it over me. You run to the wrong places, and you run in fear. You don't hear that. You run to him, and you run to the word, and he'll sing it over you sing over you. Crisis of belief come in all shapes and sizes. That is a large crisis of belief. There's a crisis of belief happening every single moment of the day. In this room alone, there's a crisis of belief. You know what it is? Salvation. There's a crisis of belief for some of you in the area of salvation. You know, you know, you know, that there's never been a time in your life you've been born again. You know that. And the crisis of belief right now is, is that cross enough for me? Can I trust that cross to make me new? I'm, a, I'm nasty. I'm, I'm bad. If people really knew who I was, I mean, why would he die for me? You've been trying to earn it and do enough good, and you're tired and you're worn out, and you're hollow, still hollow. Crisis of belief from the very ABC is salvation. Salvation. Will you today, if you've never, ever, ever been born again, step out in faith, in action, and accept the one who loved you enough to die on a cross for you? He'll make you new just like that. That is a crisis of belief, my friend. From that, there's a crisis of belief for baptism. There are people saved early in life, okay, and, and, but they never seal the deal with baptism, and some of you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. You need to be immersed in water. Just like you were covered by the blood, you raised to walk a new life. You follow him in baptism. You follow him. The crisis of belief is, do I really need to get baptized? Next Sunday, we're going to baptize. Last month, we had 16 or 18. How many? 18? 18. We've got probably 6, 8, 10 this, next, this month. We we move the water, okay. We stir chemicals here. We're scientists, but here is the deal: we love it, okay, because because Jesus said do communion and do baptism. Don't even open the doors if you are not doing them. Don't call yourself a church. We're dunking. We're getting busy, all right. Why? Because that's what he came to do: redeem his people to to redeem his people. You need to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. You're in a crisis of belief. You've got to follow him in believers' baptism. Listen, don't do tradition and don't do religion. Do Bible. Yes. Bible says once a person born again, he follows the Lord in believers' baptism. He is immersed. Jesus said when he came out of the water, saw a dove. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know this. If you're going to come out of something, you had better be in something. So how is he coming out of something if he wasn't in it? All right. They didn't put him out in the front yard and had a sprinkler system get him. He came out of the water. I'm sorry. Came out of the water, okay? Came out of the water. He said, Do what I do. Do likewise. Follow me. Believe his baptism. That's a crisis of belief. Some of you are like, I don't own a Bible. I need a Bible. I, can't, I, don't, I don't even own a Bible. I need to go buy a Bible. It's a crisis of belief. Go buy a Bible. My neighbor across the street, I need to go pray for him. I just need to go and encourage him. I've known it for a while. God continues to prick my heart. I need to do it. Do it. It's a crisis of belief. Do it. I don't know what to say. You're not going to know what you said anyway. He's going to say it through you. Open your mouth. He'll speak. Go. Go. Crisis of belief. You've got to step over that crisis of belief and believe that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says through you. You're the vessel. You're not the object. Worship's not about you; it's about Him, yes. magnifying Him, not magnifying you. If you could do it, you wouldn't need Him. He is the one. Some of us have got to understand. Christ said, "Believe." I hope I don't get cancer. Listen, there'll be a thousand Christ's I believe before you ever get to cancer, if you ever get there. I pray you don't. Christ said, "Believe." When we moved out here in 02, moved to Amarillo, Texas, didn't know a So, Christ said, "Believe." On staff at Coal Creek. God said, take a little church of 18 people and grow it in the church that I want it to be. All right. But you're only going to get paid half of what you were getting paid. Great. But you're not going to have insurance. Great. You're not going to have retirement. Great. 42. Fifth grader and sixth grader. If I went to a financial advisor and said, dude, are you smoking something? What's wrong with you? I'm not, but I'm in love with Jesus, and this is what he spoke over me, and this is his promise i tell you, I'm not here for their approval. I'm here for his approval. You're here for his approval. Yes. Crisis of belief will make your God bigger. Step out and believe God for who he really is. Amen. Get up off the bathroom floor and listen to the promise he spoke over you. Christ. Church, we've got to understand that crisis of belief come in all shapes and sizes, but everyone's going to get them. You want to raise your credit? You want to raise your faith score? Go to the person and the word, and he'll raise it, he'll raise it. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. You might be thinking, Jeff, you, uh, you haven't mentioned anything about the questions for this week in the life groups. Here's the question in life group. Tell me about a crisis of belief in your life, how you did, and how you're doing now when you face them. You could talk for hours. You could talk for Hours. Hours. How have you done with your crisis of belief? Some of you in here know, born again. You know you need to be born again. Quit coming to church, hearing that God speaking to you, God drawing you by His Spirit, He's pricking your heart, He's calling your name. Quit holding that chair. Quit saying, "I'll just pass it. It'll go fast. I just have to see it for just a little bit long." And Paxton will stop singing, and then I'll make it. Today, Paxton's going to sing till six p.m. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if that's what it is, I'm just going to tell him to keep singing. I'll pay him, all right? But, but, but listen to me. Quit. Why? Why fight it? Why? You're not winning. Life's not getting better. Give up. Give it to Jesus. He'll make it like you never thought it could be. Just bottom line. Just do it. Just have the guts to step out and say, I believe. My faith is great enough. Now here my action comes. My faith is great enough. Here comes my action. Some of you need to get baptized. Next Sunday, I'm telling you, we're going to stir that water. We'll put you in in a heartbeat. You need to come say, I I, I know the Lord. I've been saved. But I, I need to be baptized. I need to seal the deal. Just come tell us. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Some of you know your neighbor's waiting on you. Some of you know a co-worker's waiting on you. Monday morning, they'll be there. Same section, same office, same building. Go. Speak a word to them. Encourage them. Pray over them. Do what God's told you to do for months that you've been scared to do. it would be good for you. it be good for them. Today, we're going to sing. We're going to worship. I want your faith to demonstrate great enough for the action to come. I, Paxton doesn't need you to sing this song. You need to sing it. But if there's something you need to do besides singing it, you need to do that. It's more important. Do what God said to do. Let your faith produce an action greater than you that says who your God is. Let me pray for us. Father, by your Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Draw whomever you want to draw for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.